This is Beautiful Church, a podcast where we hear about how God is putting hope and courage into his church in a time when it feels like everything else is falling apart. Welcome to Beautiful Church Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Hensley, here with Sarah McNulty. Yes, here I am. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How yeah. are you doing? I'm having a great day. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? I, I just, I'm so excited about all of these interviews that we've had. I think uh, I think it's, it's fun to be the one to bring these really awesome stories to people. And today yeah. is no exception. I was really blessed by Pastor Mike Peace, who we are interviewing. He is at uh, Bethel Church, not the Bethel Reading, but there's a church called Bethel in Rochester, New York. And um, he uh, actually, this is a, such a cool thing. I think I say this, but he, he was the original Christian rapper. Yeah. He's the first one. He like mentored Lecrae. Uh, Lecrae went and he he's raised up so many different Christian rappers over the years, and uh, but he has this inner city ministry that's just it's amazing to hear the stuff that he's walking through right. in this inner city ministry. Right. And uh, I, I I I have to say this, and this is no exaggeration. Uh, I, I ministered in that Rochester, New York, Finger Lakes area for almost eight years. And I would have to say that almost everybody's testimony that would come to our discipleship program would be, well, I was on drugs, I was doing this, I was doing that. Then I met this guy named Mike Peace, and he told me about Jesus, and he led me to Jesus. And like almost everybody's testimony started with Mike Peace led me to Jesus. I mean, I've heard that here. Yeah. Like some of my friends yeah, from some here. Of your fr- yeah, yeah, yeah. Are uh, yeah, that's Ron right. And, Ron. And I'm like, yeah. oh, who is this guy? Yeah. And, and there's so many leaders, so many pastors, so many people that are all around the nation that are leading, that are uh, leading churches, that are leading ministries like this and other communities because of the life and the testimony of this man. And and he's not one of those guys that would ever tell his testimony. That's yeah. one of the reasons why it's such a privilege to be able to do it today, because he's not he's never gonna toot his own horn. In fact, right. when we're in this interview was like right after he got done with his outreach that day, and he's gonna go right back to the streets and keep going. Like right. that's that's literally all that that is who he is. And he's it's in a, it for the people. Like it's in, like I care he, about this. He cares individual. the people and cares about Jesus. Yeah. And he's just that it's it's beautiful when I when I think of you know people talking about what is the church doing today for the poor what is the church doing today and you hear a lot of narratives about it's about money it's about this it's about that I mostly think of stories of guys like Mike, Mike. Peace that are out there uh, they're the one of the, probably the main source of uh, of serving communities serving the poor helping people get jobs helping people get through school yeah is is guys like Mike uh, yeah. in cities all over this nation and so he this changed is be really cool. his ministry has changed so many lives the yeah. trajectory right. of lives yeah. It is it's beautiful. It is beautiful, yeah. And we say that a lot, by the way, but we named the podcast Beautiful Church, so we, you're going to hear the word beautiful probably a lot. Yes. So it, Because it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. All right. Well, today we are here with uh, Brother Mike Peace, Michael Peace. <laughs> we just got done talking. I just asked him about uh, title, if I should call him anything. And uh, and I actually liked what you said. You said you, you don't go by the title, but you, about how people treat you. And so I, I appreciated that. Yes. But I want to... Uh, I, this is a distinguished brother in the house of the Lord, though, yeah. and I, I want to honor you. Um, I'm so excited about this conversation today. Me too. Oh, my <clears throat> goodness. Just even knowing some of the things 
that that you're doing i'm just like oh yeah i want to be like that <laughs> praise god thank you so uh so uh mike and his wife julia correct um that yes. i'm making sure i got her name right julia uh, they um lead a ministry in uh in the urban parts of Rochester, New York. And uh, I, I pastored in Rochester, New York for a while. And I told them this at the beginning. I, I remember uh, there were two guys generally, two evangelist guys who do outreach and stuff. And uh, I would often hear wherever I went, it didn't matter if it was my church or anywhere, um, almost all the time someone would tell their story and they, it would come with, you know, I was on drugs, I was doing this, I was whatever. And then uh, I met this guy named Mike Peace, and he led me to Jesus. Yeah. And uh, and so uh, for me as a pastor, you're just a legend uh, in the in the area. And and I I mean that as in a way of honor. I mean I, I you're yes. humble and you're not gonna you know do all of that. But I just I'm honored to talk to you because I just feel like I'm talk to this like you know uh, special forces evangelist guy that's just been out on the streets just like getting people saved for so many years Praise and God. Um, Praise God. Thank you. so many people that i know but but what's even cooler just for fun is uh you're also considered the grandfather of christian rap which is pretty cool <laughs> too you're the <laughs> You're, you're the first yes. uh, you're the, the you were the first Christian rap artist recording artist uh, I think is that how it goes yes well actually <clears throat> excuse me the reason why they call me that is because um, I was the first one on a on, with a with a contract with a, a, a major Christian label okay actually Stephen Wiley who's a very good friend of mine now yeah we have been for years I, I heard of I've heard of him and his music before I ever went into the studio. Wow. wow. But for him and I we've talked about this stuff. But yeah. but that's the reason why people call me that. Okay. And then one day I was talking to some of the Christian rappers and I was like, nah, I'm I'm not the grandfather. I said, like, Stephen is and then one of the rappers says, Mike, everybody has two grandfathers. <laughs> that's awesome. You make a good point. That's awesome. You can't argue with that. You can't. Yeah, no. you make a good point. That's so, awesome. But yes, I, yeah, yeah. They call me the grandpa of Christian hip hop. Okay, yes. I, I love that because I grew up in the in the you know eighties and nineties listening to Christian hip hop because it was the only. Yeah, I was my mom wouldn't let me listen to anything that wasn't at the Christian bookstore, and so <laughs> I listened to D Boy and like all those guys when I was younger. Yeah. you probably yes. didn't grow up no. listening. No, I grew up Mennonite <laughs> in rural Pennsylvania. So had, like hymns and stuff. So Mike, I would love to hear, um, just uh, give us like an introductory of, uh, you don't have to make it long, but like how, like your initial story, how you found Jesus and how, and tie that into how you ended up doing the ministry that you're doing right now. And we'll talk more okay. about that in a second, but I want to hear just the intro before we actually talk about the ministry. Okay. Um, I was born and raised in New York City, the second oldest of four children. My biological mother died when I was three and a half years of age. And uh, my father could not take care of very, uh, very young, four very young children. So he gave us up for foster care. So, um, and we were separated. The four of us were set, put in four different foster homes in, at that time, both in, you know, in Brooklyn. And eventually we were, I was moved four times between Brooklyn and in Queens. And um, I was finally reunited with my younger brother, uh, when I was seven, when I was seven, almost seven, and and he's three years younger than I am, wow. and uh, we were raised in the same foster home together until we were able to get out on our own. Yeah. Um, but uh, but um, I was arrested at the age of fourteen for robbery. The person that we robbed was a cop, 
We did not know he was yeah. a cop. Yeah, okay. I, I bet. I bet you did afterwards. Yes, we did not know he was a cop, but uh, I was arrested for robbery. And um, I, I paid the penalty that was for what we did back in those days. And I decided that because it was in the newspaper, you know, about the six of us that were all arrested, arrested together, I said at that time, I said, I'm going to do something. I said, the next time my name is ever in a newspaper, it's going to have to be something good the yeah. next time. And yeah. I purposed in my heart that I was going to do something that no one had ever done before. Um, and as it turns out, that that was my plan was to become an astronaut. So my <laughs> plan was to become the first black astronaut in the United States. That's awesome. And um, I would tell people that's what I'm going to do. Well, one day I um, I was in school, in high school, and uh, they sent a hall monitor to come get me. I walk into the great advisor's office, who was also the guidance counselor, and my mother was sitting there, you know, the one that was my mother at that time. And wow. I say she was my mother, period, yeah. these days, for for always. And um, I knew I had not done anything wrong <laughs> recently. It's like, what is she doing here? Great <laughs> advisor said, Mike, your mother says you want to go away to college. What college do you want to go to? And I said, well, I want to be the first black astronaut. I want to go to air. Uh, I want to go to the best school for aeronautical engineering. At that time, it was MIT, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Yeah. She says, Michael, maybe just maybe you're graduating from high school, but you never go to college. And even if you did, it would not be MIT. And so she scooped up at that very moment all of my desires for what I wanted to do. And um, but in fact, I did graduate from high school. I graduated from high school on time. I did go to college. I went to State University of New York at Brockport or Brockport State. Um, and while I was there, I became I became a very militant black man, black hmm. youth, black. I was a black militant. Yeah. And I realized through my experiences there and everything that I had done people a lot of wrong and a lot of bad. Of course, I now know it was sin, but, um, and that's when I came to a point where, because I, I had some some pretty measurable Islamic influences in my life growing up in New York City, um, I decided that I was gonna become an Orthodox Muslim. And I had a friend who was a Muslim and I told him I wanna go with them. They had already picked out an, an Arabic name for me and everything. And so I, so I told him on Friday, he said he'll pick me up on, he'll come by on Saturday to tell me what time he's going to pick me up to go to the masjid or, or masjid is Arabic yeah. for mosque or temple on Sunday. So I said, okay, fine. I'm in my apartment. And mind you, this is shortly after I graduated from, from, uh, from college. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I'm in my apartment. Two friends of mine from college that were Christians, they came by my apartment. They started talking to me about Jesus. Well, my mind was made up about Islam, so <laughs> I just let them talk. And my friend who was a Muslim, he came by, he heard them talking to me about Jesus and Christianity, and they began they began to debate in my apartment for almost five hours. The contrast between the Bible and the Quran, uh, Christianity and Al-Islam, the Lord Jesus Christ and the Prophet Muhammad, and by the time they were done, I knew which one had the truth. Yeah. Wow. So needless to say, I did not go to the masjid the next day. And that following Tuesday, I went to their Bible study wow. and gave my life to the Lord. And it's been like that ever since. That's uh, beautiful. That's how I came to the Lord. And shortly after graduating from college is when they told me about Jesus. And uh, two weeks after two weeks after I gave my life to the Lord, um, I was accepted into graduate school. And one week after I was grad accepted into graduate school, 
um, I uh, I was I was told that I was I was offered a position as a resident director, and that was to pay for my education wow. as well. So I ended up staying in Brockport, Brockport's campus for nine years. Wow! wow. And so the Brockport Lord got me. You talk about in the nick of time. <laughs> it doesn't get any closer than that. No, that's a big month. That's yeah. a big like life turning. Month. Yeah, for real. The Lord stepped in yeah. and put His finger right there. Yeah, this guy's. We're not going to lose yeah, this yeah. guy to Islam. And My we're goodness. done with that. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's amazing. And so that's probably then, that's how you ended up from New York City, the Rochester area, because Brockport's right there. And, uh, yes. and, and so what, what led to, right now, let's just say, I'll say this. Right now, you lead a, a ministry called Bethel Express, and then you also have an, uh, another expression off of that ministry <coughs> called Remix. And yes. uh, where, where you guys are working with uh, troubled youth and, 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 and maybe not even troubled, but just the youth of the city. And the city is troubled. That's <laughs> the way, better way, yes. maybe, to say it. And uh, and so you, every Saturday, you guys are picking up kids, bringing them in, and and sh- telling them about Jesus, feeding them, all of that kind of stuff. So before we jump into that, tie for me the bridge that got you into that. What what led to that? And then let's talk about that ministry. The the Lord, the voice of the Lord, when He called me into ministry, yeah, He said to me, and, and I heard Him audibly tell me that. If I gave up my desire with my with my ed, formal education, uh, because my goal was to become a PhD doctor. Yeah. So of course I had to get my master's <laughs> first. And, but the Lord told me that if if I submitted to His plan for my life, that He would do more with my life without my graduate study degrees than if I did it on my own with with my graduate studies. Yeah. I obeyed the call. I obeyed His voice. Wow. And so, wow. um, as the Lord was beginning, so. I knew sooner or later I was going to have to transition from being a resident director to whatever the Lord had for me. Yeah. And um, that it's sort of one, one, one day the Lord gave me a very clear vision for reaching out to the city of Rochester. Now, mind you, I was out at Brockport. Yeah. And so then a friend of mine who was a pastor on staff at, at, uh, at Bethel, we became good friends and he was the youth pastor then. And he connected me with, Pastor Ron Domin, who's the senior pastor at, at that time, was the senior pastor at, at, of Bethel. Um, I came on, he brought me on staff by faith. He said, Mike, I'd like to have you, but I, I can't pay you. And I said, well, Pastor, God told me to come on staff by faith. And so I came on staff by faith. Did not even know where I was going to stay, but I obeyed the voice of the Lord. Of course, he took care of everything. And so... Um, I did not have a salary. I just trusted the Lord to do and what he wanted me to do. I, w- I want to say something about that because uh, I, I read this also, even when you were doing the rap career thing, you felt from God to, uh, to, do by, uh, to get paid by faith, not by charging. And yes. even some of the impact that you've made in so many youth has been because you've literally just let, lived by faith and not charged for what you do. Um, yes, sir. What's the, what was the thing that the Lord spoke to you about that? The Lord made it very clear um, in Second Corinthians that He wanted me to not live, you know, off of the gospel, but to live up, but to live of the wow. gospel. That's cool. And so, so I did. Yeah. And and I just said, Lord, um, it's it's all in Your hands now. You, wow. I'm putting my life in neutral. My life was not neutral, but I put my life in neutral. Like when you're in a car, yeah. you put in neutral. It'll go in whatever direction it's inclined to go because of however that can be done and so um so it, oh, it was very it was very 
scary in the beginning. Yeah. But the the more the Lord showed right. that that He was in it, that He was really directing my steps, literally as the Word of God says, that um, it got easier and easier. Wow. For me yeah. to do that, but you know, even during those times and even afterwards, many times uh, Julia and I would realize that if we had charged, these people would not be able to afford us anyway. Right. right. You know. Yeah. Um, and so we realized very early on that that was what the Lord's strategy was for using us. Wow. And so we would we would go places and you not know if we were going to even have money to pay our rent <laughs> or whatever the case may be, because they would say, well, how much do you charge? And we said, we don't have a price. Just yeah. whatever the Lord directs you to do or whatever you can swing, then that would be what it would be. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, we would, I was on television nationwide, and, you know, and magazine covers played all over the world, literally. But my, my life and the imagination of other people was not lining up with <laughs> what they were imagining. That's you know, awesome. trust me when That's I tell awesome. you. But that was okay for us, though, yeah. because... We always knew that the Lord was in it and that the Lord was going to honor his word and he was going to set us up. And he has set us up yeah. to meet people and for the Lord to utilize us to impact lives that would not have been touched had it not been for us doing it for free. Yeah. I And I think even uh, when I hear stories like this, you know, obviously, like there's wisdom and, you know, uh, salaries and blah, 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 right. blah. There's nothing wrong with that. But. There is there's something beautiful that happens when God does ask somebody to do that and does ask them to just obey and trust him. It it stirs up your faith in a way that's able it, it, it's yes. evidenced by your life that's able to translate to other people because you have you have a faith in your heart and in your eyes when you're talking to people that right. they trust you when you say, no, trust me, God will come through because that's literally yeah. how you're living um, because of the history and friendship and seeing yeah. the Lord. I just think that's beautiful. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yes, praise God. Thank you. We're going we're gonna to take a quick break, and then we're going to hear more uh, testimonies and stories about what God is doing uh, and has been doing um, through Bethel Express and Remix. So we're going to take a quick break. All right. Well, so this is a live read. Yeah. You know what a live read is? I have no idea. That's where they put ads into podcasts, and then you read the ad. Oh, I don't have anything to read, though. I don't either. But I have something. So it's a life say. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's that's a life great. say. Yeah, yeah. So talk to us about the International House of Prayer University. Yeah, okay. So we are actually filming at IHOPU. That's what we call it. Yeah. The International House of Prayer University. It's a four-year school. You can do one, two, four years, whatever you want to do. One, and two, three, or four. <laughs> can you do three? No, I oh, think not. Uh, maybe I'm just can, kidding. Yeah. You can always stop at the yeah. three. But four is great. And there we have a media school, we have a music school, and we have a ministry school. We wouldn't be doing this podcast without the media school. No. Because Shout out to Leslie. To Leslie, because this Who's is over there. This podcast, Woo! you might not know this, is actually part of her senior project. Yeah. Yeah. She's doing the filming. Doing the filming. It's really great. She, uh, all we the appreciate her. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. She's got lots of things to work with. Great setup. Good experience. And you know what's even crazier about this uh, live read, live uh, say. say? Yeah. Um, is that we're not getting paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> we just wanted to do it. We like IHOPU. We like IHOPU and we think you should come. So if you're looking for a place to come, uh, we also have internships that go for six months here. Um, if, even if you're looking like for like that gap year thing yeah. where you just want to go somewhere for a year, you have a young person that wants to go somewhere for a year, we suggest I help you. Yes. Come join us here. All right. Let's get back to this interview. 
All right. So, Mike, I had I, earlier I watched this video that someone put together of this ministry that you're doing called uh, Bethel Express, in which you're reaching the kids in urban Rochester. And yes. I was deeply moved by by what I saw. And so could you talk to us a little bit about what that is, how you got there and, uh, you know, some of the testimonies of what the Lord has done? Yes. Well, my wife, Julie, and I, we took the baton of Bethel Express in 1999. Bethel Express actually started in 1987 under the leadership of Pastor Lewis and Pam Perez. But in 1999, we took, we, my senior pastor asked if we would take it, and we did. And um, uh, at at the time, we, we needed to really kind of codify things a little bit more, if you will. And so uh, the Lord gave me the idea, S-Factor. To make an urban impact, that was spiritual so good. and this prior, order priority, spiritual strength, social stability, and scholastic success, and uh, we are thoroughly convinced that with that with that strategy, we've been able to be successful in the eyes of man and definitely in the eyes of God, of course. And what we do is we we reach out to the to kids who basically don't have a church home or basically don't even know the Lord. Um, that that's the bigger part of it. It, it is it is definitively and out an outreach ministry when i try to get kids from other churches or any of that kind of stuff we want to just go into the community and so we do it by any by any means possible um you know we may be doing go-karts one day and somebody may notice us and say who are you people and everything and then we tell them and then they say you know uh, can i know some kids can they get involved and can i get your card that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff. I give you one example of something. There's a young lady in our ministry, um, and she's a rocket scientist today. But she, um, she, okay. <laughs> uh, she uh, noticed that there was a young man in her school. She was in the seventh grade that was very violent. You know, just had a temper like nobody's business. She felt like she needed to invite him to Bethel Express, and so she did. And um, he came to BE and. He was not ever the same ever again because wow. of what the Lord did. The Lord arrested his heart. You'd not ever know that he was that kid that had that temper. Wow. I did not one day from that day to this one. And now he, now he's 36. But at that time he was 12. To this very day, he's not had one burst of anger, wow. any of that stuff. Wow. He would tell you that he remembered the moment during worship, his first time coming, that the Lord touched his heart and he said he could feel it leave. Wow. Another 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 story. A young man, uh, his father called me and asked if I would go to uh, a meeting in this in in the, in, in the school of his of his son, and his son was twelve also. Yeah, twelve, almost thirteen. I go in. It's the vice principal, the house administrator, the school counselor, and the school school psychologist, um, and his his homeroom teacher. So I'm in there and they're, they're talking. I don't even really know why I'm there because the father just told me I asked if I would come. I'm there. I'm sitting listening to them talk about this young man and everything. They were trying to figure out um, how did he go from ADHD and um, special education to now he's an honor student, honor roll student. They were trying to figure out what happened. So they're going through all this stuff and they're talking back and forth in front of him. And his father's there too. And he's the, the young man is there. And they're talking everything. So they, after doing all this talking, they looked at him and they said, well, what did it for you? 
He says, well, Mike, don't you remember? And everybody's looking at me. And I'm like, he's Mike, remember when you said that God can touch us and if, if we, that we don't need medication? And, you know, if God touches us, we don't need medication. And, awesome. you know, he has a destiny for us and all this stuff. And everybody's looking at me and I'm like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I remember that. He says, well, I felt the Lord touch me, so I stopped taking my medication. And, you know, and I'm thinking, oh. <laughs> I'm in trouble now, all right? And I did not tell the kids that. I said, I'm looking forward to the day that that happens because I know that the Lord can do it. Well, the Lord did do it. Wow, <laughs> so, come on now. Um, and so, so, the, so the vice principal said, and the counselor said, would it be okay if I recommend some more kids to you? Oh my! And I said, "Sure." We took twelve kids out of his, out of out of her class, and they all, well, they are doing amazing things to this very day. They're all in the thirties now, um, and so, uh, the just like in the days of Jesus, you know, his 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 reputation preceded him. His the yeah. signs, wonders, and miracles, yeah, which we are very big on, the signs, wonders, and miracles speak for themselves and that attracted people to Jesus then and it's attracting them to Jesus through our ministry the same way. Wow. I, and I want to answer your question. Oh yeah. yeah. No, no, you did. No, that was good. I mean, I mean, it's not my fault. I'm from the hood. So we <laughs> talk a lot. And go all the way around the mountain to answer a question. My bad. No, that was no, very no. clear. No, it was good. Well, what, well, I want to put it in context, too, so for, uh, because a lot of people listening probably don't know much about Rochester, New York, because it is kind of a bubble within itself. Rochester is considered the bloodbath of New York. It's one of the, the highest murder rates in the country, um, mm -hmm. oftentimes higher murder rates in Rochester than even New York City. And, and Detroit. Uh, and Detroit, yeah. It's uh, I mean, I can't tell you how many times when I would go talk to pastors in the city, you know, they were always dealing, doing a funeral because another person or parishioner or friend, a family member of that parishioner got shot, um, you know, on Lyle Avenue or one of those places. And, um, uh -huh. and so it's a, it's a, it's a real thing. It's, it's a very, it's, it's a, it's a community that's just constantly torn apart because of fighting and, and killing. And, uh, and, and so you're in the midst of that. I, I mean, you're, you're living there in the midst of it. You're not like, you know, commuting in, you're right there. You hear the gunshots at night too, right? Like, yes, I do. <laughs> and, and in, in that context, what has been the fruit of so many, I mean, you're, you're, I just see you as rescuing young people and getting them out of that world and helping them become, I mean, one of them is a rocket scientist. Yeah. I one mean, of uh, on. a friend of, okay. a friend of mine and a friend of yours, uh, Ron Sykes is a pastor, you know, and he's, and he's been doing uh -huh. so many amazing things all around the city. And I think De uh, Dennis too, I, I knew him, um, Johnson yes. really well as well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, worship pastor, powerful worship pastor. And, um, just a just an awesome guy as well, and theologian now, yeah. and teaching uh, theology at Roberts Wesleyan. Um, but all of these are kids that otherwise would have ended up in those streets and succumbed to that mess. Right. What What have been some of those uh, the the fruit of that? Like, what have some of those? Give us some more stories of some of those kids that have been able to come out of those situations. Well, I say I'll give you two, maybe three, if I can say it fast enough. Yeah. That rocket scientist. <laughs> yeah. Rocket scientist, um, uh, I, I won't give any names, but I'll just say that rocket scientist. When we, when I would pick her up, you know, in our vehicle, when I would pick her up, especially at night, you know, or in the evening time, 
the rats were running out of her house. Wow. wow. And 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 I realized this is happens too often. So what I decided to do was what, what I decided to do was to pick her up first so nobody would see that. Yeah. And then drop her off last. Yeah. So nobody would see that. Wow. Um but we encouraged her. We we you know, I mean, with That's the word of beautiful. God said, you know, you know, death and life in the power of the tongue. And so we spoke into her life and so many others. I mean, she would tell you this to this very day. Yeah. And just that, you know, and, and, and she didn't even know what we were doing even then. I was aware of it. Yeah. And nobody else had to know. But but uh, she went on to a very prestigious college, Syracuse University. And um, needless to say, she's doing extremely well in life today. That's awesome. Um, and. Wow. And she even to this very day is responsible for some of the things that are sustainable in our ministry when it comes to Christmas time for our kids. Yeah. Because she went back to school to get her master's degree, her MBA uh, from uh, from uh, the Simon School of Business in, in U of R. And, you know, just the amazing things that, that she just allowed the Lord to do in her life. She married a godly man. Um I could go on and on and on <laughs> about See, that. See a proud but, father right you know, there. She That's credits what... everything. She credits everything, you know, to her experience, uh, you know, with with the Lord coming to the Lord and growing in the Lord at um at Bethel Express. Uh, another young man, uh, uh, he was he was he was our first PhD doctor, um, and and he has said these things that I'm about to say to you publicly, you know how, you know. You know him. You know how his uh, how his mother basically just just dropped him off with some of his siblings and said, "You take you know to his grandmother and say you take care of them because we don't we don't want to we don't want to be moms," you wow. know. And you know he talks about how he would always hear me talk about um, uh, what the Word of God says in in, uh, in John chapter one. It says when when uh, 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 Nathaniel went to, uh, told his brother, um, when Philip told his brother Nathaniel that he had met the Messiah, saw the Messiah, of course, Jesus. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Nathaniel said, where is he from? And he said, Nazareth. And he said, Nazareth? Nazareth, right. can anything good come from Nazareth? And so we have a saying in Bethel Express, can anything good come out of the hood? Because of the historicity behind Nazareth, it would be considered today the hood. Yeah. And so this young man, he said, he said, when he realized that Jesus came from what would be considered today, the hood, he said, Jesus did it. I have to do it. Yeah. And it just so wow. he, he said he remembers the moment he committed his life to Jesus a for salvation and to commit his life to be good. That comes out of the hood. And he's in his entire life. He was with us when he was seven. He's now 42. His entire life. As he has walked in the admonition of the Lord wow. um, and to show and prove that good can come out of the hood. He mm. has written articles both locally and nationally and mentioned Bethel Express and, and and mentioned that he was taught that good can come out of the hood. And that, that was his and he was proof of that. Wow. And he has a Ph.D. He is a Ph.D. doctor today. Wow. That's awesome. You know, there's there's people out there who go, okay, God called us to evangelize. God called us to, you know, reach our city. 
And I feel like I sit in a lot of strategy meetings with a lot of pastors on a lot of whiteboards talking about all kinds of ideas about, <laughs> about a, uh, <laughs> hang in your head. I get it. Uh, just, I, there's so many, there's so much conversation in churches and amongst pastors and leaders, um, about how to reach our city. And it just strikes me that like you literally just started doing it. <laughs> what, what yeah, encouragement? Going. Yeah. 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 I, what, what encouragement would you give? I mean, like a, or charge, there's a young guy listening. He was like, man, I want to reach my yeah. city. What would you say to that guy right now? Goy, G-O-I, get on it. <laughs> That's awesome. Get on it. I love that. Um, a young man who came to the Lord through our efforts, he, 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 we, were, we were just getting together with kids, you mm-hmm. know, over in the projects. He saw me using a yo-yo. He, um, you know, he had this crazy attitude anyway. He saw me working. I, I could do only two tricks. Back then and to this very day, I can do only two tricks on the yo-yo. <laughs> but he was so impressed by that. And so I said to him, I said, look, man, before this day is over, because when he first got on the bus, he like, man, I don't even want to be here. I said, well, I don't want you here either. At least <laughs> if you can leave your attitude off the bus, I'm good. Yeah. Right? So, but he saw me doing the yo-yo. And I said to him, I said, look, man, I'm going to give you this yo-yo, and I'm going to let you work this, try to figure out these two. I sort of how to do the trick. I said, at the end of the day, if you can do this trick, the yo-yo is yours. I said, I pay good money for the yo-yo, but it's yours, right? And I won't forget this. He says, I remember when I put on his hand, he walked me. He said, man, I thought today was going to be corny. And he went from, I don't even want to be here, yeah. to like, man, I'm, and he got excited. And throughout the course of the day, we had a long event everything. And I would see him off the side, just working it out and everything. Day was done. He walked over. I says, are you ready? He says, yeah. He did the yo-yo. And I said, he kept trying. He tried it twice. I said, look, let me give you one more chance to do this. And then if you don't, yo-yo comes back to me. And I said, do it one more. If you can do it, I'm going to give you one more chance. If you do it, the yo-yo is yours. He did it. And um, to this day, to this day, I mean, he has kids that are, he has grandkids that can come to this ministry now. Wow. Because he was like 14 at the time. And he, he's like 50, he's 49 now. And, uh, uh, uh. And to this very day, he says, do you remember when you showed me how to do that yo-yo? So are you kidding me? Of course I remember that. <laughs> and it was just like, look for something creative. Look for something that 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 the kids just don't do, right. that the people in the community don't do, right? But make it interesting and watch the response, watch their reaction. Yeah. Um, you don't have to have charts and, and you know, uh, do... Uh, diagnostic type things, man. Love on people. Yeah, That's so good. love on people. Amen. Yeah. Um, and let them let them figure out that you do love them. Yeah. And and, and what does love mean to them? You know, um, I learned a saying a long time ago when I was in in a Bible training uh, 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 curriculum. They said, you know, know your flock. In other uh, in other words, understand the people that you're going to minister to. But it's not it's not academic. Right. You know, it's all it's all organic, but yeah. not academic. Yeah. You have to organically love people. Yeah. You know, and for them to figure out that that, that you have to love people the way people feel love. Like yeah. I always say, right. a blessing is only as good as the person that you say your blessing <laughs> is blessed. You know, you can think that it's a blessing and they're looking like this is not a blessing to me, but you have to understand the people that you're ministering to. Right. And once you do that, 
everything is everything else works out. And so, um, so no, throughout all the books, throughout all the, the white boys, throughout all that stuff, awesome. you know, I love that. On yes, it. just get, get on outside, it. Go outside, talk to people. You know, develop a relationship. You know, um, uh, you made this uh, comment in be, your video. Just be different. Yeah, you made this comment in your video about you got to see it before you you really like to really get a heart for it. You got to go and see it. So like when I'm hearing you say, get on it, it's like, well, get out, go walk around, take a walk around a neighborhood. That's not yours. And yeah. Yeah. See what's out there. Yeah. Volunteer at the local school. Do I used to go to the basketball courts. Right. And, um, and I would just say to them, like, if we beat y'all, you know, I'll get like five on five or three on three. If we beat y'all, you'll have to give us 10 minutes and to talk to us, whatever, you know, um, we, we want to talk about. If you beat us, we'll buy you pizza, right? <laughs> and we're playing basketball, right? And and while uh, they're eating the pizza, you're going to give them. Beat. <laughs> a couple awesome. of times we actually got beat, and they were like, oh, I said, all right, we got your pizza. We'll get you your pizza. He said, hold up, though. What, what did y'all want to talk to us about? That we had, if, if you had beat us, what would y'all want to talk to us about? That's awesome. <laughs> And we, I, I always knew, I always knew that, well, you know how people say, you know, Jesus said that he would make us good fisher of men. Yeah. Right. Every, anybody knows any good fisherman has to have good bait. Yeah. So we were baiting them all along. We said, yeah, that's <laughs> you know, we just wanted to get them in a conversation. Yeah. So needless to say, we ended up eating pizza and still getting more than 10 minutes of a conversation. Come on. That's you know, awesome. with the commute, with the people in the projects or in the neighborhood park. And that's how we would lead people to Jesus. Wow. That's awesome. Well, let's uh, let's let's take another quick break and then uh, we're going to come back. I want to hear a little bit about Remix. Um, and then uh, I also want to hear about what you feel like God is saying to the church in this time. So what, whatever's yes. on your heart, I want to I want to hear that. And so we're going to take a quick break. and We'll be right back. Okay, summer's coming up. It's coming up. We have teen camp here in Kansas City at the International House of Prayer. That's correct. Zach, you know a lot about that. Yeah, so uh, for many years, uh, I was the director of Awakening Teen Camp. And you were an amazing director. Oh, thank you. It was was awesome. Yeah. So, honestly, honestly, it was my favorite thing to do was to to run uh, Awakening Teen Camp, who's now run by this amazing guy named Josh McDonald. Who Who is wonderful. Who is wonderful. I love him. If you're a parent listening, if you're a teen listening, uh, if you know a teen if or you know a parent a teen, of a teen, yet the the primary thing that we are after at Awakening Teen Camp is helping teenagers discover Jesus. Yeah. And uh, if your teen knows Jesus a little or not at all, get them to Awakening Teen Camp because we essentially just put them before the bonfire of the beauty of Jesus and just let them encounter it. And it's. It's awesome. I've uh, when I was leading it, and since for you know ten years, other people have led it and seen massive testimonies of yeah. teenagers just discovering Jesus. And I can't tell you how many times right now people come up to me, still young, you know, young adults in their thirties, yeah. going, "I met Jesus at that camp, yeah. and I my life has been changed ever since." And so, uh, I not that we're 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 promising a return on the investment of like your kid will for sure love Jesus, but man, get them here and let yeah. them discover the beauty of Jesus. So you can go to ihopkc.org/atc, sign them up and register them. Okay, so with Bethel Express, you also have this thing called Remix, right? 
yeah. remix. Yes. And so Bethel Express is like, uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> the DJ over there. Um, but Bethel Express is the Saturday morning thing that you do year round. But the remix is uh, like a, a summer project that you do. Um, so can you yeah. tell us about that and, and some testimonies from there and, and what happens and how that's structured and, and that? <laughs> yes. Well, we the, the reason why we call it uh, the remix is because there really is not a real definition, but a description. A remix is something familiar done differently. All right. That's really what a remix is when it comes to music. But and so we wanted to do we wanted to give people, for lack of a better way of putting it, we wanted to do give people a church experience, but do it in a very different way. And so the main thing to do is in the summertime, especially in our city, 92% of the children in our city um, during the summertime don't have a, don't have anything to eat because they eat free right. breakfast, free lunch, whatever the case may be. And so I'm sure the Lord gave us the idea. So we pull out a grill and we pull out the tables and chairs. And we set them up cafe style and someone built a, a small platform stage for us on our property. And we, you know, we have, well, the last two summers because of the pandemic, we've had to do with a DJ. But before then we had a live musicians and we play live music prophetically and we serve people at the table. So when people come over, they say how many hot dogs, hamburgers that they want, and we bring them over to them. This is, this is the, this is and for people who want to do outreach and evangelism is, you know, if you see a need, you feel it that we're feeding, yeah. we're right. feeding people, not just children, but families, whole families. And, uh, by us serving you at the table, that means we noticed you. That's the first thing. Second thing is um, we care about you. And care means that you're doing something about it by serving them. Yeah. All right. So it's notice, care, serve. When people feel when people feel um, that they're being served, right, that translates into love. That's how they see that we love them. So it's those four things. And so we do that. And so as a result of that, the neighborhood, they had to get used to us, of course, but that's okay. It takes time. Yeah. You know, but by the seventh week of, of the first summer that we did it, we did 18 weeks the first first summer all the way into fall. Um, uh, they noticed that we really did care about them and we really did love them. When did you and start this? We started this in um, uh, 2012. Okay. We started in 2012 and uh, six days before our first time doing that, six days leading up to that, uh, there were six major violent, uh, excuse me, six days leading up to there were four major violent crimes wow. that took place literally a stone's throw from where we're, where we're located. I could literally stand on our grass right now and I could take you there right now and I could throw a rock and hit all four spots where wow. um, a major shooting had taken place. Since that day, that was uh, that was uh, uh, nineteen uh, uh, twenty twelve. Since that day, not one, not wow. one violent crime is taking place. Wow. The police would tell you that. Second thing, we were the second largest area for prostitution in the city of Rochester. Prostitution has gone down to zero. Wow. At the end of that first summer. Wow. The Bible says, "Let God arise and His enemies be scattered." And all we did was, we facilitated the Lord's presence. He rose. The enemies have scattered, and we have peace in that section of the city. Wow! As a result of that, and um, I, I, the stories I could tell—I have to tell you two. Okay, 
uh, because you were talking about how real God is and how alive and well he is when you when you first started. Yeah. Um, I won't forget this. Um, when it started raining, it, one day we set up and they said it was going to rain and everything. But I said, well, let's set up. And when it starts raining, you know, they never get the forecast right anyway. <laughs> so we set up and it started raining. And I always, and anybody who tells me tell a story, I always say it was raining buckets, <laughs> right? It was raining buckets across the street from us on all four corners away from us. Except where we were, no, way. and it was Whoa. raining buckets. If it were drizzling, that would have been something anyway, yeah. right? But it was raining buckets, right? Except on us. If you looked up, you saw that it was, the sky was blue right over where we were, and that was it. And it was wow. raining buckets. Well, people could hear our music that we were playing, yeah. So people came over, and people were literally with their hoodies on, <laughs> literally with their hoodies like this, and they were like. Joe! <laughs> and one young man was 19 walking, you pastor! Mind you, to this very day, since 2012 to this very day, I've not ever told them that I'm a pastor, and I've not ever told them to refer to me as pastor. Wow. I am just Mike that plays the drums, right? Yeah. And he said, you pastor! Did you know it's like it's not even raining on this joint? <laughs> and I'm trying to be cool with it. And I'm like, yeah, I noticed. He said, what do you think that is? I said, well, what do you think it is? He's like, I think it's the Lord. I said, awesome. you can go with that. That's, That's awesome. One. Second one. Oh my goodness. Second one. Uh, I, I have a whole book. I'm writing a book called Are We Having Church Today? Based upon all of these stories. But let me just say the second one. Yeah. Um, uh, we were out there and uh, earlier that morning, I would buy food, and the brother that sold the food to us, we would whatever we needed: the hamburgers, hot dogs, buns, rolls, juice, Kool-Aid, napkins, plates. We would put it on his scale, and he would multiply that by ten cents, right? And so I'm putting all the stuff on there, and I'm ready to pay. He says, "Hey, brother, don't you want to put a few more hamburgers on that uh <laughs> on that scale?" And I'm like, "Gary, you know me, man. I always overpay you anyway." Like. I'm good. He said, are you sure? I said, Gary, man, I over overpay because your prices are so good. Gary, you notice I, 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 I have more than enough. He says, okay. I paid for it. That's it. That was 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Six o'clock, we're set to go, right? And so someone had just given us money to buy new tables. So I'm videoing this. And I said this video footage too, by the way. I'm videoing <laughs> everything that's going on. And... We started six, and we, at that back then we were done at nine. We started six. It's ten minutes after six, and I walk over to the to the grill, and I put the camera on Bob. He was I call him the grill master. I said, "What's up, man? You can hear my voice." I said, "What's up, man?" He looks into my phone camera and he says, "We've been here for fifteen minutes, and we're almost out of food." Oh, wow! <laughs> and I said, "I'm trying to sound, I'm trying to sound like guys." Man of faith and power for the hour, right? Right. You hear my voice saying, all right, man, when you're almost out of food, let me know. At that moment, I didn't even know what I was going to do because no place else could I get, you know, 10 cents a pound for all that stuff. Oh. I did not even know what I was going to do. But like I said to you, I'm the drummer. So I get on the drums and we just go ahead and do what we're doing. The night is over, right? 
And my wife said, it's 10 minutes after nine. My wife says, honey, do you want one of these last two hamburgers? And it hit me. Back at 6.15, two hours and 45 minutes ago, Bob had said we were almost out of food. So I run over to Bob. I says, Bob, what happened? You said we were almost out of food. He says, Mike, I don't know, man. Every time I put my hand in that cooler, another hot dog and hamburger came out of it. No. Wow. Come on. For the next two hours and 45 minutes, God multiplied the hot dogs, the hamburgers, the buns, the red ghetto Kool-Aid. He (laughs) multiplied all of it. That is awesome. That's incredible. Wow. Praise God. And so, uh, I mean, I could go on. I could tell you stories like that. People... They, in the neighborhood, they kind of leave us alone because yeah. they already know, like, stuff happens like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, well, the the last thing I want to ask you, just as we as we wrap up, because honestly, it, I actually genuinely believe you. We could sit here for the next, like, four yes. hours. And, and maybe what we'll do is maybe we'll have... Uh, have you back on again part at some two. point? Yeah, and do part two. Sure. Because uh, because sure. I want to I want to hear more of these things. It's so awesome. But um, uh, what right now would you say uh is God saying to you, um, for the church in America? That's one of the things that we've kind of asked every guest is, God, what are you saying right now to the church? And and it's kind of been cool because there's been some theme kind of in that, like you know where we've been able to. Uh, here that God is saying some of the uh, something similar to a lot of different yeah. pastors right now, and as we're talking about putting hope and courage into His church, I just want to hear from you, boots on the ground, man of God. What is God saying to you for the church when you pray? Get back to the Great Commission. Come on now. Yeah. The Great Commission. Yeah. You know, um, go ye therefore in all the world and preach the gospel, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Get back to the gospel. We need to get back to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We need we 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 we, we, we hear all the songs, and, and I'm not being critical. I leave that up to atheists, agnostics, and people who have church hurt. Right. I'm not that guy. I'm <laughs> this, so these are not criticisms, these are observations. Yeah. We sing the songs, we see the video series, we have the books, we have all that stuff, but we're not hearing about what's happening from all the songs, the books the video series, and the conferences. Get back to the Great Commission. Let us get out of the building, go into wherever yeah. it is. It does not have to be the inner city. Hey, people need Jesus in the suburbs. Yeah. People need Jesus in the country yeah. and in yes, rural areas. Yeah. Everybody needs Jesus. And so we need to get to that. We need to ask the Lord to give us something creative or to give us a strategy for us to go and reach the laws. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it, it wrenches my heart. Yeah. You know, just last week, a six-year-old shot his teacher. That was not in the hood where that took place. Wow. You know, um, uh, j- well, just yesterday in the news, uh, uh, there, there was somebody, a seven-year-old uh, was shooting at the police. That was not even in the hood. Yeah. You know, like it's everywhere. Yeah. People need the Lord everywhere. And yeah. so... Those are our response. That that is our responsibility yeah. to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to bring hope. At this point, you know how we say um, IDK, which means I don't know. Yeah, my wife and I we say IDC. I don't care what anybody says or thinks. We are going to go and do what God wants us to do. Come on, yeah. Um, and and we're going to love on people. We're going to go into the community. We're gonna, hey, if they're hungry, we'll feed them. But they're going to know that the people of God were there and yeah. they know who to call. 
Yeah. Um, uh, uh, this past summer, this past summer, uh, 10, 10, 15, 10, 17 PM, somebody knocks on our, on our door. Cause our, 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 we live in that same house yeah. in the hood where all this stuff is taking place. Okay. Yeah. And I don't answer the back door normally. If they come to the front door, I can see the face. We have a ring. I can figure that out. Someone told me to answer it anyway. I answered it. It's a woman that lives down the street. She said to me, she said, um, would you would you marry my husband and I, my boyfriend and I tomorrow? I was like, is everything okay? She said, yeah. I said, okay. Talk to me. She said, we've been together for 13 years and we've been engaged for seven. It's time. <laughs> she says, we feel the urgency to get married right now. I said, I could do that, but I'd rather you have like a more of a ceremony kind of a thing, you know? And so she says, okay, you know, said, how about this weekend? I said, slow down. We can, I can do it right now. That's not the problem. I said, I just want you to be in a position where you can honor the Lord. She says, you and your wife is honored the Lord. And she says, that's what we want. Mm. Wow. That's what we want. And we know it's because of Jesus that yeah. you and your wife are like this, yeah. you know? And here, here is, you know, they, she lived, they lived on our street for three years. Yeah, but they've been engaged for seven and together for thirteen. They have two kids. Wow, you know, <laughs> and and so, but it's the Great Commission. We are getting out. Yeah, you know, we're not. It, it doesn't take big stages and smog machines and big loudspeakers. It doesn't take all of that. It doesn't take. We're, we're serving the people with paper plates and napkins. Yeah. yeah, but they're responding to the love of God. Yeah, and they're getting saved and their lives are being impacted. You know, we're not giving them glasses. We have paper cups. Yeah. You know, we're not giving them silverware. We have plastic forks and knives. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're not giving them well, we're doing the best that we can with the with the food that we have. Yeah. But it's hot dogs and hamburgers. But yeah. God is doing a great mighty work because we're doing the great commission. Yeah. God honors yeah. his word. Yeah. If we do what we if we do what he says to do in his word, God honors his word and the job will get done. Amen. And for every little boy and every little girl that ends up being killed or ends up killing somebody, they I always I take it personal. I was like, if that were my neighborhood, I would take that personal. They should have been in our ministry. Yeah. You know? But our ministry is founded on the Great Commission. Yeah. The work of the Lord yes. is the Great Commission is founded yes. on the Great Commission. Yeah. So that's what the Lord is telling me. Yeah. You know, I uh, love people but get but but through the Great Commission. So, so good. Yeah. I well and I I want to I want to say I want to I think uh you know there's spiritual authority on certain people to say certain things because of the life that you've lived. You know, you gain authority. And I I I I take that real soberly because of the life that you have lived. You've been faithful to do this for so many decades um that uh that I think we have to take that soberly as well and seriously yeah. cuz you know, we, we, uh, I, I like what you said about you and your wife. We, we have a saying at our church, um, and it comes from a prophecy that was given over our church. We're, we're in the, uh, the city of Grandview. And, uh, you know, we always talk about having a grand view of the kingdom and that God is I going like to that. make this I a like grand that. view of the kingdom. And, and, you know, some people think that maybe that looks like the church looking big or, you know, the, or, you know, the, all of the stuff that people initially think of, but I think it's, it's what you just said. It's that, you know, here in the community on your street, this couple sees you and your wife and goes, yeah, we need to change. We need to change what we're yeah. doing and how we're living. 
And it, I, it literally is that simple that we, we just can live out the gospel with the people that are around us in the community God has put us in and watch what happens when alive hearts actually yeah. touch the hearts of the people yes. around us. Yes. Yeah, that's so good. Sarah, do you have anything? You know, Sarah's been uh, most. Uh, she's this is the most quiet she's been in a podcast. I keep trying to pull it out of her. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so great. <laughs> but I, but she's. I've been watching her because I know you enough to know like you've got that like oh, conviction is, thing on your face. I like, do. Oh gosh, I need to go do this. I need to. I'm like you, your husband Colin is going to have a conversation when you get home. Yeah, he is. And you is. guys are going to be like, we're changing how we do yeah, this. Like, we I can see that. And he's going to be like, okay, all right, all right, let's figure it out. Um, but no, I mean, I it's just it's been so stirring on my heart in these last months. I, I I can't remember what started it. I you know whatever. But the the picture that's in my head so much is um, I don't know if you watched the Chosen TV series, but when Jesus oh, yeah. meets the woman at the well, and the part that gets me is not even necessarily their conversation, though that always makes me cry too. Um, but it's the part where she goes back to the people that really need oh it's it's like she knew i got like 30 people that need to come see you and um i i just keep i'm like i want to know those people like i'm like here i want to bring you jesus like i want to give you i want to give you jesus like if jesus were to show up today i want to be like wait a second here's like 17 people right here for you let's touch it you know and and do that now you know, I, I don't mean he has to literally show up because I, I recognize that we are the body of Christ. And and it's like, no, that's I want to see transformation in the people that God has put around me and get uncomfortable a little bit and be OK with being uncomfortable and reach yeah. out and and enlarge that circle that yeah. uh, the 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 dynamic of those around me not just those that show up but no i'm gonna go reach out grab you in yeah and it's gonna look ugly like these things aren't pretty like transformation's not a pretty thing it's not fun it's not whatever it it takes time and well yeah but it's beautiful yeah it's so beautiful seeing the transformation like even just seeing the stats that you were giving at the end because you're giving hope to people, like to real people that are made in the image of Jesus, yeah. that have real destinies in God. And you are giving them a different life. Like you're picking them up and putting them on a different path. Like, hey, no, 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 no. You know, and you just picture the kids still running as, as their feet are <laughs> uh-huh. off the ground. It's like, no, no, no. Now we're going to put you here and we're going to breathe and we're going to push you on your, on your back. Because mm-hmm. we want to see you thrive. And those are everlasting testimonies. Yeah. The only ones that matter. Yeah. 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 Amen. Brother Mike, would you close us in prayer? I just feel like, you know, she's feeling it. Maybe, you know, people that are listening are feeling it. Would you just, would you pray over us just to close us out that, uh, that we would feel that, that we would, uh, fight for that and, and, and go out and embrace the great commission again. I feel convicted as well. Uh, but mm-hmm. would you pray for us? Heavenly father, I, I recognize the fact that you set up Zach and Sarah for such a time as this, but even this very moment for us to be in conversation with one another, knowing that you were present the whole time. And Father, I'm asking you, because you've done it so many times before, and I know that you won't say no, that I'm asking that beginning with, with, with Zach and Sarah, that what you want to do as it relates to the, the Great Commission 
that it will begin to re, be re-sparked, reactivated yes. in their hearts. And even for the people who are listening to this broadcast, that they will realize the things that really matter are the things that matter to you and not just how we see things, but how you see things. That you sent your son Jesus to be man enough to get up on the cross to die for the sin of mankind and that everyone needs the good news of your son Jesus and what he did and is doing right now. And so, Father, I ask that you would stir that up in all of the people that are hearing this broadcast, that they would be so compelled to just want to get out of the building and do something creative, do something innovative, do something natural, but most of all, Lord God, do something that's organic as it relates to your leading from their heart. That they wow. will say, I want to do what Jesus did in his yes. day. I want to do it right now. Yes. Yeah. I want to be a reflection of what the gospel is all about. Yeah. Father, I ask that that would be their narrative, that that would be their heart's cry, that they would just feel like they're being let, let out of a cage or a box or whatever, whatever it may be for them to finally just break out and to break forth, that you will utilize them, that lives will be, that, that lives that are broken will be healed and mended the way you would have it to be. Yeah. Father, that you will utilize your people to be, because we know that your son Jesus is the repairer of the breach. Father, that they will know that their lives have been breached and that Jesus will repair those breaches. Yeah. And Father, lastly, that people will see that the only hope, because there's only one truth anyway, and there's only one true living God, and that is you, that that, is what, that that and you are all that they need. And that will be final. And we say these things, Lord God, knowing that you want to do them and know that you will do them to those willing hearts, that they will be both open and obedient, that these things will be done and we come done even now in the precious, powerful, royal, holy, unmatchable prayer answer in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Oh, Mike, this was an honor. Uh, awesome having you Likewise, on here. Thank and you. we'll have to get you back on. And maybe next time we'll have you drop some bars too. Just uh, yeah. okay, give us a little something. You never know. You uh -huh. know? <laughs> Mix it up a bit. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> hey, thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. And that is Beautiful Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining today. <laughs> you know, what's funny is as you're saying, uh, that's Beautiful Church Podcast. There's another uh, room next to us and someone's loudly <laughs> making sounds onto a microphone. You know what? It's it's the praise of the Lord <laughs> for this podcast coming out from that so, room. So you tune back into this podcast and you're going to hear amazing things like sounds being heard in the background. Yes. If anything, tune in for the sounds. Yeah. Make sure you like, subscribe and, and do share. All the th and share. Yeah. All the things. Uh, leave us a review. Those do help. Um, and, Make comments, uh, even negative ones. Sent, <laughs> even negative ones. <laughs> we don't mind. We no. just want the algorithm. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, share with your friends. Send this to a couple friends that you uh, that might need to be in church to, uh, in churched in encouraged yes. about what God is, is doing, doing in, in the church. church. Yeah, there you go. Uh, maybe enchurched is our new word. Yeah. I don't know. Encouraged about the church. Come. Uh, so we'll see you again on the Beautiful Church Podcast.